these groups, when we really uh, collaborate together, you know, it's another good education word, the collaboration. Um, but it's so true is when the when we have a lot of these nonprofit organizations uh, collaborate, you know, I think we're we're going to experience um, there's a domino effect, and you know, I I I think the future looks bright. Some people don't, um, but you know, I look at what other cities. Um, the trends of other cities, uh, and we are really doing a lot of the best practices in our town of Rockford, um, and I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm excited for the future. 205 Vibe, Earl Dotson Jr., and um, I know I say this about every guest, I get it, but again, I'm very, very honored to uh, have with us today Jonathan Logeman. Uh Jonathan, how you doing, man? Good, yeah. Like we were just saying, good to good to sit and talk after a, a long day. So a long day, yes, yes. You know, I, I one of the reasons I've, I've you know you and I were just talking about why, you know, just in addition to being a teacher in the Rockford Public School System, you have such a interesting kind of background in terms of just some of the other things that you're involved in, some of the other things that you do, and that we'll talk about. Uh, you know, your 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 duty, your service in the National Guard, also being an alderman. Uh, I just think you have a, just such a fascinating, it's just a, it's not something you see every day. Um, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time just so, so the people who listen to our show can get to know you a little bit better. And so with that, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're teaching the Rockford Public School System, but just talk about, um, you know, who you are, you know, what, what are your priorities? I mean, I know you're your family man, but um, you know, how'd you get into teaching? Um, you know, kind of what's your background in education? Kind of whatever you want to say about, yeah. you know, how do you describe who Jonathan Logeman is? Yeah, I think um, my uh, parents played such a big role, and they were. My mother was a school nurse, and my dad was a uh, a PE teacher and um, basketball coach. So I was, I. Yeah, like on a snow day or something uh, when I was a little kid. Dad, can we go to school and play in the gym? And so it was like a, a haven for a little a little boy. I just got to go open the PE equipment and have at it. Well, you know, it was good for him to uh, have me in his hair. So, um, yeah, and I was a little, like, there's pictures of me. Um, I was a little five-year-old on the bench with my dad. Um, he would, he was JV basketball coach um, for you know, 30 years before he has passed away, but he left such an influence on me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I loved that. Um, and I saw how much he was loved and respected. Um, and what a great person in the community my dad was. Um, and I thought that sounds like something I want to do too. So then I, um, yeah, that's what I studied. I studied social studies education in, college and then um yeah and I got a job in uh Chicago public schools so I taught for five years in Chicago public schools at um Fenger High School and Schurz High School um and then yeah my wife and I we had family in Rockford and we didn't want to live in Chicago the rest of our lives so um kind of moved closer to family in Rockford here um so I'm at Auburn and she's at East I got involved in the National Guard after um, college, my, yeah, my grandpa, you know, he was, I think everybody's grandpa was, you know, either a Vietnam vet or a world, world war II vet. He was a world war II vet. My uncle was a, uh, um, desert storm veteran like yourself. And, um, so yeah, that kind of prompted me 
there and my yeah my uncle Mike and my mom kind of played a big role in you know just civic service too um so that's they influenced me and um my decisions to get involved in uh local government too so sure so thank you thank you for sharing that I find that fascinating you mentioned you started out in Chicago um, you know, in that public school system, and then coming to Rockford, I guess, you know, I guess I was. I'm curious. Uh, are there any similarities that you've noticed, or that you know, between the two? Um, you know, what's what 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 did you kind of take from Chicago that you kind of brought here to Rockford with you? Um, yeah, definitely in Chicago. If you don't know how to manage a classroom, you will fall underwater and not get back up. Um, and what I loved about being at Auburn is there were some. You know, there's a lot of uh, families who I'd ask kids, they're like, you know, you, you're going to call home or something and, oh, you got a Chicago number, 773. Um, they're like, yeah, my granny lives in Chicago. And I was like, I used to live in Chicago too. And then, you know, you ask where they went to school. Um, and I had a couple, uh, actually, I've had a student, her older sister went to Schurz High School, mm-hmm. knew all like my friends mm-hmm. who were teachers at Schurz High School. And then there were a couple other uh, family members whose older siblings went to Fenger High School. Um, so just to have that connection, um, and I jokingly tell them, like, hey, tell your grandmother hi for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't know their grandmother, but they don't know that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of similarities, but um, like the I think a big difference is Chicago Public Schools is such a enormous district that mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to fall through the cracks. You know, sure. students and sure. policies in Rockford. We're a good sized district in Rockford where we can implement a policy and it doesn't just hit a brick wall right away. Sure. So um, that's a big difference that I think. You know, it's, so you know, you when you because part part of the reason I want to go just go down that path a little bit is because. Um, from what I understand, you know, you're, you're teaching what you, what you do at Auburn. Um, for some people may not understand the term, you know, we call it alternative learning environment, whether it's in school suspension. Um, that's it. That's kind of been your lane. Right. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, so and so yeah, I, know, I know you did it at Kennedy. And then uh, I, I know you, you had some success there and then they wanted you to do it at, you know, at Auburn. And so you're dealing t- typically. Is, is it fair to say you're not necessarily teaching? Uh, a course or a curriculum, but you're dealing with students who have had, for whatever reason, whether it's a behavior issue, um, kids who are just not engaged uh, in, in education for whatever reason at the moment. Um, so, so how do you, so how do you approach that work and kind of and kind of um, dealing with that that population of students and kind of helping get them back on track? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I taught business one year and then um our principal asked me if i wanted to take over the sile program which it was kind of like uh, an sile what does that stand for again so the social intervention learning environment okay. that, yeah it's, it same used to be the alternative learning environment so, okay same kind of concept yeah. okay gotcha. um, they just changed the name on it mm-hmm. but um but yeah so like the skill set that you employ in um you know this alternative learning environment I, i'll tell people um, who don't know what it is that it's kind of like a 21st century in school suspension you know mm-hmm. like a new age in school suspension okay. where you teach a 
like in my class, we do a like a socio-emotional class. You know, one day it's on resilience, another day it's on discipline, another day it's on diligence. You know, you teach a different virtue every day. Then you follow it up um, at the end of the day with another class. Um, you know, and then in between, uh, you're, you know, counseling and conferencing with the kids, helping them with their schoolwork. Um, it's kind of a more individualized environment. Uh, but I think for myself, uh, where I learned a lot of those skill sets that you need to employ when you're working with um, a population of students who don't always find success in the classroom. Sure. I learned from my dad because um, he was always so, uh, like, he had such a, a kindness and a patience. He'd still hold the kids' feet to the fire, mm-hmm. um, but he respected them. And mm-hmm. the kids knew that my dad respected them. Um, like, he'd see a kid in the office and he'd be like, Hey, in here for good behavior. <laughs> Kids would always laugh at that. Um, so I, um, I had the distinct advantage of um, seeing a great teacher at work uh, as a kid growing up and following him around. So I just try to kind of do the things that he was he was good at, and that's that's really helped me in this um, role too. I think that's great. You know, I, I you know I was a juvenile probation officer for some time in my career, so I know how, yeah I know how important that is to make sure to make a connection and more importantly you know show respect right kids you know mutual respect to your students you mentioned the word and and i have the one of the one of the honors and privileges of my job is i get to you know visit every school every year with the superintendent we go and talk you know looking to visit classrooms talk to faculty and um you mentioned the word social emotional and i gotta tell you that's one of the things i listen for is like trends and what are teachers saying and that is something that i hear in every school and it doesn't matter what level, whether it's elementary or secondary, but this idea that our kids experience trauma, there's this social emotional aspect that they see in our students. I'm just curious, like, so you're, you're close to it. I'm just curious to your thoughts on that. Me, I guess, I guess what I'm looking for is, you know, is, is that an accurate assessment in terms of our students? Um, I mean, are they really that different? Are they seeing things um, in, in their home life that, that we, have, we, we haven't seen before? Are the kids really that different? I know we talk a lot about it. I know the mayor has a focus on kind of domestic violence, but what, what are your thoughts on, you know, um, you know, are our kids, you know, socially, the socially emotional uh, kind of aspect? And, and does that, how does that impact or, or prohibit learning? Right. Um, I think that it's always, it's always been there but we are just now realizing the detrimental effect, detrimental, ef- detrimental effects. Now I can talk mm-hmm. um, of things like domestic violence in the home. You know, back in the decades ago, it was kind of pushed under the under the rug, or um, you know, you'd get f- useless feedback of like, well, why don't you just stand up to the offender, or something like that. And, you know, you'd have kids have always seen um, trauma. But it's, but now, and it's a good thing. We're encouraging student kids and trying to find support for them to graduate high school and to make it through high school. Um, but in doing that, we're seeing some of the uh, some of the problems where a student maybe 10, 20 years ago they just drop out. But now we're really trying to get to the root of the problem, um, which a lot of times is trauma. Um, 
so we're seeing that and identifying that, which is a great thing. Um, and I've got, a, I think I have a unique perspective too. I'm such a fan of uh, the mayor's office of uh, domestic violence. Um, you know, if we can get, as we continue to get this family justice center um, on a roll, I think that's going to be, um, it's going to provide great resources for uh, the families of Rockford. Um, but I didn't even know some of these uh, statistics, like 75% of our juvenile offenders in this city are, um, they've either witnessed or been victims of domestic violence. Um, and that's just astounding. And when you see um, those types of statistics and you um, interact with some of the students who are going through tough times and you really get to know the kid, um, I mean, you realize that, yeah, buddy, you know, math, you don't care about math today and I don't care about math today. Let's just focus on on you. Are you good? Um, so there's a lot of those conversations that happen too so interesting you know so so which leads me you you so you've talked now a little you've you mentioned you know your your father and uh your, your mother your parents and and the strong foundation you had many other you know people have had that you know the influence of of uh, parents who took an interest in their kids and uh, had you know had, had some a support system and oftentimes in today's society we oftentimes see a lot of kids who just don't have that support system and you know a strong kind of uh, you know family foundation uh, but yet and still doesn't mean that they won't be successful doesn't mean that we can't we still have to help them we just can't throw them away um, so, so what do you what do you think what are your thoughts on just the role parents play in good parenting, uh, but again, those who don't have that, you know, uh, you know, what's the role sometimes of society and teachers and our the community at large? Uh, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on just kind of we fill in that gap sometimes? Yeah. And this, um, <clears throat> I remember, I was a few years ago, uh, I was trying to become a uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters mentor, um, but then that program got axed when we had some state budget issues. Um, so I, I then filled in at the Y, uh, the Project 505 program. Um, so and I've got a, a mentee at, uh, two mentees at Guilford High School. Um, so I think, you know, the community stepping up and, um, you know, just doing things like that. Or like I had a neighbor two doors down from me. He just, he was a World War II veteran in the Navy and just the nicest man you'd ever meet. Um, he was he was like 85 years old, but he was still like twice a week. He was going into elementary schools and reading to the kids, and all the kids wanted to see his uh, his navy tattoo on his forearm <laughs> and asking questions about the war. Um, so there's there's definitely struggles um, that are certain neighborhoods face or our community faces, but there's so many ways that are uh you know other people who um have the support can step up to support those who are unsupported too um yeah just going into a school and reading to kids or project 505 mentoring um so that's something that i'd love to see more uh folks in rockford take advantage of uh, what, so what do you see is you know right now you're at auburn you've been there how long you've been teaching now how long you've been at uh, auburn? 10 years so this is my fifth, fifth year uh, fourth year 
at Auburn, tenth year teaching overall. Okay, so how would you? What would you see? What do you see? Kind of as the some of the current challenges, just whether at Auburn or just in education in general, and and would you recommend Auburn to your friends? Would I mean would you send your own kids there? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, when I absolutely my uh, my wife <laughs> who teaches at East, and um, I'm at Auburn, but we will always joke like our two little girls, Eleanor and Maya. Are they? Are you going to be an E-Rab or a Knight? So I've taught my little uh, my little daughter Eleanor. Whenever she sees I'm wearing an Auburn shirt, and she says, uh, "That's a Knight, Papa." The Knight says, "Charge." <laughs> so um, yeah, we and I remember when I was teaching business, um, I had an eighth hour class. They were a tough class. I don't think there's an easy eighth hour class. I don't think sure, those sure. ever exist. It's the end of the day, eighth hour. So my eighth hour class, there were 33 kids in there, and I had gifted kids in the class. Ninth through 12 was just a general business class. Ninth grade, ninth graders, 12th graders, um, uh, kids in the Renaissance program, special ed kids, neighborhood kids, um, all different races. Auburn is a very diverse school um, in so many aspects. Um, but we were doing a stock market uh, um project and what I found I could do is I could like have um you know one a neighborhood kid uh and a special ed kid and a renaissance kid um you just make these very diverse groups and everybody was learning from each other um you have a kid who comes from a very supportive background uh, they probably don't know a lot of the challenges that you know we've discussed earlier um that a kid might face from an unsupported home, um, you know, who's experienced things that you and I probably haven't ever experienced ourselves. Um, so you learn, like you can learn a lot at Auburn as far as academics, you can learn a lot in athletics, but you can also, uh, learn how to be a person at Auburn too, which is, might be the best education you can get. So building off that, so we've talked a lot about the challenges, um, but just what what about what are some good the good things like what 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 do you enjoy about the work like what's your favorite part of the job because there there are a lot of really good things that happen in our school district in our yeah. school system at Auburn um, you know, what what brings you joy when you when you when you go into work and interacting with the the families and the students and the staff there Yeah, I love um, like when I'm walking in the hallways. Uh, just kind of joking with the kids in the hallways. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, for me, positive affirmation for me, if a kid, um, cause you know, my role at Auburn the past three years has been kind of the disciplinarian. Sure, you know, kids sure. don't want to come into my classroom. <laughs> um, but I think I treat students with respect. Um, and I think, and I hope they see that, um, I respect them and it's a joy to see in the hallway when they respect me. You know, some people in the the community at large, and this has happened centuries old, you know, these darn kids have no sure, respect sure, these days. Sure. Um, and in some aspects, at times I was a knucklehead teenager and you were a sure, knucklehead absolutely, teenager. Absolutely. And you do things um, in a knucklehead fashion, yes. but you knew how to act um, when the situation called for it. Um, so I will see students of mine at Auburn just out in the community um, and they 
it's wonderful to see, you know, some kid that I've had in uh, SILE 10, 11, 12 times, he keeps doing the same stupid thing in class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But you see him out in the community, he knows how to act. And that's, um, it brings me such a smile to see, like, hey man, you know what the right thing to do is, so why do you got to do the wrong thing in school? <laughs> that dynamic with school and your peers. Exactly, and all that, yeah. Uh, you know, that certainly, we've all been there. Yeah. You know, so just to transition, it's hard it, It's hard not to notice, uh, again, we're, we're, we're here doing, uh, we're talking, and you have on your, your National Guard uniform. Yeah, I meant uh, to, I meant to no, change. No, but... I, no, I think that's awesome. You and I have talked about, you know, I, I've talked about my, you know, my military career. You know, I talked, you know, we're kind of the true one percenters and yeah. having experience that um you know you you have this saying of you know you wanting to be a citizen soldier and serve your country um you you, you talked about you joined you know when when you joined um as you said after college Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so just just you shed a little light on your your military commitment and what that means to you um you know, and what's that? What's that like for you in your world? I mean, I mean, you mentioned your family, and and but why? You know, choo- choosing to serve in this capacity. Uh, you know, I know you're about to be deployed here in July. Uh, God bless you. Um, and so, you know, what what's what's that service component? You know, talk about that part of your life. Yeah, it's. Um, I had been teaching for uh, so I was teaching history, um, and I had been teaching for two years. I I went through officer candidate school. I didn't do the ROJ or the uh, ROTC route, but I was, um, yeah, 24 when I thought I, I want to do a little more. Um, and you know, I was already teaching, which is, you know, God bless teachers who do the, the true work. Um, but I just wanted to, uh, do a little more. I know that I wanted to teach first Mm -hmm. before I was a soldier. Um, cause I believe in, you know, an educated society and uh, the work that teachers do. But I just wanted to uh, be ready if, you know, my country needed me in any uh, different capacity. Um, I think that's important too. So that was kind of the impetus of me uh, when I first, of me joining the Army when I first enlisted. Um, but yeah, it's uh, for me, uh, an Army drill you know, on a weekend kind of takes me out of that. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So that, and it's hard. Uh, I'll miss my family during those weekends too, but um, it's an important duty. I've made the commitment and I fully intend on uh, fulfilling that commitment. Um, so that's, yeah, it's been a great, I think you and I, we, we were talking on the phone um, a couple days ago and Earl, you said how like, the experience completely changed you. It did. And I think it, it did completely changed me too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing what a drill sergeant can do to you. <laughs> you got that right. And, uh, I, I've certainly changed my view. I mean, I, it, it, it definitely changed my life for the better and it, it truly was an honor to serve. Um, you, so you, 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 you're, you're, you're being deployed. You going to Afghanistan here in July. How long are you gonna be gone? Um, so yeah, I mean, you know this as well as anybody that the only the only constant in military life is constant change. change absolutely. So it's right now um, it's will be gone uh, about a year. Okay. So, um, but you know that could the missions could change and sure, all that. Sure, but sure. Um, right now it's pretty locked in for a year. Okay. So we we well we certainly pray pray for you. Make sure you uh, get get back to us safely. Um, just you, you, you 
talked about um, you know just that whole military service, you know, that discipline component, um, just all the things that go into sometimes in the the military career and it's not every it's not everybody's not cut for everybody um but there there is a you know you you know in your work uh, at auburn you said people the students sometimes see you as kind of the disciplinarian when they have to you know come into your classroom have you been able to use some of the your military training and incorporate it in the classroom uh you know what does that look like when you're trying when, when you're dealing with your students and, and using some of those skill set and yeah, techniques. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in basic training, I got the, uh, anybody in the military, especially the army would know what the knife hand is, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a, a very firm direction with your hand as to where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I've employed that a lot, you know, you stop, <laughs> but kids will, um, You know, they know, you know, I'll have to miss a Thursday and a Friday, you know, when we have a big, long, extended drill, you know, kids will say, Mr. Logan, where were you last week? I was at Army drill, man. Stop hassling me. (laughs) Um, So they'll, I mean, most of the kids know that I'm in the the Army National Mm -hmm. Guard, um, and they'll ask me a whole bunch of questions on it. You know, they've played the video games or they they see it on TV, um, and it's... You know, I think it's, I've seen, you know, in Chicago too, and even at, at Rockford with the JROTC program, one, it's a great, um, and you and I were talking about this earlier, if you're willing to put in the work uh, in the Army, there are so many wonderful benefits. Like, I get, it helped pay for my education, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a great way for, to stu- for students to know about this. Um, like, when I was teaching business, a student was wondering, you know, how can I... Uh, I want to serve, and I think Mr. Logan, you told me that they help pay for your college education. Yeah, he wasn't from a, a well-off family, so that's a great benefit for sure. him uh, uh, to serve. But it's it's uh, wonderful. It's I, I like this. Students, I used to think this way too, that teachers have no lives. They just sit in their classrooms all day, and then they grade <laughs> papers on the weekend. Yes, yes. I don't want to learn anything from you, because what do you know? Sure, um, sure. So it's good for students to see teachers, you know, out in the community um, or doing other things, too, because um, if students really knew their teachers, they would know how how uh, robust of a life teachers lead. <laughs> very true, very true. So so the, the last thing, the, kind of the, the other transition, I... So just and I think this speaks to your character and who you are. Um, and I and again I thank you and I appreciate it. I saw you at a city council meeting on a Monday, and uh, we just kind of made contact, eye contact, and I said, "Hey, Johnny, I love to talk." <laughs> so thank you, and you made the time to be here today. So I really, really appreciate that. I know you're busy, and and so I appreciate that. And so you know, I said, "Wow, that's right. He's he's an alderman as well." <laughs> Um, so you were elected in the spring of 2017, correct? And uh, you're, so you're two, kind of two years into a four-year term. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the first question I want to ask you about that is, how does that just impact? You know, if you're going to be deployed, uh, you're an elected alderman. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Is your seat stay empty, or does it? Does someone do they? They have someone fill it. Yeah. I mean, what does that look like right. for the city council um, of and Rockford? We were, so there's a uh, presidential candidate now, Pete Buttigieg. He's the current, well, 
Yeah, he's the current South Bend mayor. He's not running for re-election, but this happened to him. He was in the Navy Reserves in 2011, and his unit uh, got deployed. So, And we found out it's actually easier if, if you're a mayor because you can just have the, uh, the city administrator in most municipalities serve as the, uh, the mayor pro tem during, you know, like uh, Mayor, Puttig- mayor, mayor Pete, as they mm-hmm, call him, mm-hmm. Mayor Pete's absence. Uh, so the city legal department had to do a little digging as to, like, well, what happens uh, as an alderman? if an alderman leaves under these circumstances. And we're still um, getting the answer to that. What would likely happen is um, I'd have to, re- I'd have to resign. So I could keep the seat mm-hmm. just open and mm-hmm. vacant, but um, I don't want to do that because I think the, uh, you know, it's um, best for the people of the second ward to be represented by somebody who is physically present in Rockford. Sure, so sure. I'd, what I'd probably have to do is resign the seat in some capacity. Um, and then we're, yeah, so this, this is an ongoing discussion actually that I'm having with, um, the city legal department. Sure, so, sure. um, I guess stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. We don't, we don't know the, okay, the, final, the final answer outcome. to that. Okay. Is. Well, certainly we would, we want whatever the, the outcome is, we certainly want you to, still be in that in that role in some capacity me too (laughs) (laughs) so we want that so again just we're talking about your civic duty again that's just fascinating right it's the i mean that's a whole nother level of of civic engagement a whole nother level of um of you know wanting to make a difference is to actually run for you know a political seat a political office um, was there something that you saw in the city that, or in your in your ward in particular, that inspired you to run? Was there an issue that you that you wanted to to tackle? Um, you know, what what, yeah. what, what where did that come from in twenty seventeen? You did you just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I, I, I want to run for I want to run for alderman." <laughs> I mean, yeah. why did that happen? Well, there's um, like there was one issue that uh, kind of fired me up. Um, it was when uh, you know Governor Rauner was you know, his rhetoric and then some of his actions and how they affected the city of Rockford. Um, that fired me up to, to actually run and to not just write a letter to the editor or something sure, like sure. that. But then another big thing too, interestingly enough, um, is that when I, I got a master's in public policy um, when I was in Chicago and uh, I wrote, so the thesis paper uh, the capstone paper had to be you know it was like 50 pages or something like that most of them were 50 pages so I my focus was on the the paper was called revitalizing the rust belt and so I just analyzed a lot of these rust belt cities you know like your Dayton Ohio's and your Lansing Michigan's your Rockford Illinois uh, Pittsburgh Youngstown um, and what they were doing to revitalize their town after this you know the a lot of the manufacturing and the industry left left town um what they were doing to improve the city uh i had such a fun time doing that that it like a 50 page paper turned into a 140 page paper (laughs) and my advisor was kind of he wasn't uh super happy to read 140 pages i can imagine (laughs) but it was uh yeah doing all that research um was just fascinating and like I wanted to I truly wanted to get involved and implement some of these things um that I had researched and you know it's I've joked with the mayor and I've joked with the chief of police about this that uh a lot of these cool fun big ideas that have worked in other cities um 
we're already starting to do it here in Rockford. And um, so it's like, oh, cool. We're already doing that. All right. Nice. Well, check. Check. <laughs> nice. You know, so, so, so speaking of which, so a lot of things you say we're already doing uh, and, and kind of what inspired you. Obviously, I know you've talked, you talk to your constituents and people come up to you and talk to you and ask you questions all the time. What, what's, what's, what's like, what do you hear the most from the, your, your, the constituents in, in uh, ward number two? Is it, is it fix these potholes? Is it crime? Is it uh, economic development? Is, I mean, what, what do you, what do you, what kind of bubbles to the top? Um, yeah. The, I think, um, crime would be the biggest one. Um, so, but the, the good thing is, um, I think we've made some great progress, um, as far as, uh, lowering our, our violent crime numbers, especially, and, you know, we'll see what the results will be for like the, the mayor's office on domestic violence and how residents can, um, utilize that uh you know and when we see some you know one of the tragedies that our city's experienced in the last week has you know the death of um mchenry or the deputy Mm -hmm. uh and his the the killer Mm -hmm. um you know he had experience like he was a domestic offender Mm -hmm. himself Mm -hmm. and we see how how much that domestic violence um, impacts other behaviors within a person. Um, you know, we just had the, the world experienced a tragedy last night in, in New Zealand. Um, but, you know, when we see a lot of these mass shootings too, uh, you see back in their childhood there was domestic violence somewhere. He was a domestic offender. Um, so we'll see how... Um, I'm excited for it. This uh, the mayor's office of domestic violence to uh, really give the residents the support they need um, to get out of you know these cycles um, and how that will impact some of our you know the offenders in the in this town um, going forward. You know, um, so so that's um, th- you know that's uh, thank you for, for you know kind of breaking it down in those kind of in that in that those terms. Um, what, what do you see in for Rockford? Um, so we kind of talked about some of the challenges, um, but what I mean, what what um, you know, what, what's our future going to look like? What, what's going to make a great city? How are we? Where what are we lacking in? I mean, where, where do you see um, you know where, where us going, and what do we have to kind of do to get to a to a better place than we are now? Yeah. You know, what's this, this kind of? Uh, I'm pretty. I'm kind of an optimistic person, but so what? What's you know what 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 do we have to look forward to and hope for? Yeah, for I think we are uh, sowing the seeds today. Um, when we look at the, you know, we're looking out um, at Midtown right now, um, and you know, we're seeing some resurgence in Midtown um, and downtown, and that's you know been going on for the past decade. But when you have uh, groups like um, RLDC and Transform Rockford, and you know some of the impact that these nonprofit groups have within our town. Um, you know, we're, and we're creating a land bank. You know, we're, we're partnering with uh, Boone County and the City of Belvedere. Just a lot of these partnerships um, with nonprofits and individuals who who want to make a difference. Um, 
can get involved in some of these organizations who are really doing the work uh, to improve the city because it's um, it's bigger than one individual. Sure. And I think we've seen the fruits of that, especially in the last 10 years um, of, you know, like the River District Association and the Miracle Mile uh, association uh, when these groups when we really uh, collaborate together you know that's another good education word the sure. collaboration <laughs> um, but it's so true is when the when we have a lot of these nonprofit organizations uh, collaborate you know I think we're, we're going to experience um, there's a domino effect and you know I I I think the future looks bright some people don't um, but you know I look at what other cities um, the trends of other cities, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and we are really doing a lot of the best practices in our town of Rockford. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm excited for the future. Cause how does that connect? Cause you see through, you have a, you have a very special lens, right? Because part of that work that you're describing and making it better, how do you look at, see that at, from the lens of the students you interact with and making sure that they find the city vibrant and whether or not they choose to go off to college or not. Uh, but this idea of our students kind of staying here uh, and the opportunities that they you know, may or may not have here in Rockford, how do, you, how do you connect the two, the dots from kind of all those collaborations that are happening so that you know, the students you work with will have opportunities in the city that they, uh, that they live in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you see that happening? I mean, do you see that as something that um, um, we have, you know, that is that something that we can make a reality? You think that's a, an issue? I mean, we hear that a lot. You know, people either leave and don't come back. But um, I mean, that that part of it. I mean, do you think about that aspect of it when you're in your work? Right, right. Yeah, I. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. A lot of the, you know, we have Rockford University and we have Rock Valley College, which are Rock Valley College is what a tremendous anchor institution that RPS 205 relies on, you know, in our partnership with Mm -hmm. uh, NIU Rockford, you know, you can get an engineering degree for $40,000, which is amazing. Uh, But a lot of the students, you know, I've, I, this year's senior class at Auburn, I had them as freshmen um, when they were uh, in my business class. And in the last few days that I was at Auburn this year, um, I would jokingly say, like, y'all come back now, like <laughs> go off to college, but hey, make sure you come back to Rockford. We need you here in Rockford. Yes. Um, and a lot of the great leadership skills of, you know, our juniors and seniors at Auburn High School, um, you know, they'll go off to college. But uh, I think the it's incumbent upon um, our whole city uh, community, you know, that the Rockford Public Schools 205, the city of Rockford, and every other big institution here, um, private institutions too, to make sure that, you know, we do have good and well-paying jobs for um, our our young people so that, you know, they have an incentive to come back. Um, so I think there's that. And then um, a lot of the students that I work with and see daily, um, you know, on the statistics will say, and Many of them, they might take a few extra years to graduate or get a GED, um, and that's fine. There's a different path for everybody. Sure, sure. Uh, but to make sure that students who, you know, they'll maybe go to Roosevelt for a year mm-hmm. or ILC, um, and then hopefully come back to Auburn for their senior year. But uh, just to make sure that uh, students who, 
you know, calculus BC mm -hmm. isn't in their future, sure. but we can make sure that um, they have training for, you know, like in the trades. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a joke. So in the National Guard, there's a lot of uh, tradesmen in the National mm. Guard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of cops and firefighters and tradesmen, not a lot of teachers. Um, so the some of the, the guys in the trades, you know, they tell me about, um, you know, how much they're making and mm. Uh, their benefits, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> I need to go be a tradesman." Um, but there's a uh, there's an opportunity there, and I think our our uh, local trade unions have done a great job, you know, at some of these career expos at getting into our schools and uh, you know teaching students that you don't have to go to sure. um, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign to have a bright future. You can do it all right here in Rockford, Illinois. Um, but just making sure that um, you know our institutions, our organizations are there to, one, provide jobs, uh, but then two, you know, provide training to um, support students who maybe don't want to go to you know UIUC or UIC or something like that. Okay. Last question, Jonathan Hogelman. Yeah. This is just a fun one. This is, we always we ask everybody this question. So, um, just curious if you are, um, um, you know, if, if you, your family wants to take you out, uh, you're celebrating something. What, what's your favorite food, or do you have a favorite place that you like to eat? Is there something that, what's like your go-to meal? Oh boy, yeah. We uh, and we did this last Friday. Um, I was coming back in from Chicago. And my wife had ordered uh, Giordano's pizza. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Got that pe Giordano's pizza. Uh, what about uh, if you're at home or if you're somewhere and you're relaxing? Um, like if you're, what do, what do you watch? Do you have a TV show? Is there a movie you, we have a favorite movie? Is, I mean, what do you watch? Uh, whether it's Netflix, like what do you watch on, yeah. on uh, in movies or, or TV? Um, so I've been, I love documentaries, uh, and recently I've been watching, this is on Netflix, the Ken Burns Vietnam Wars, mm. um, but my wife, she'll turn, you know, like when you're folding laundry or something, you can't watch the Vietnam Wars and fold laundry at the sure. same time, you'll miss too much important <laughs> stuff. So a um, uh, show that my wife has gotten me into has been uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm. with Andy Samberg. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's awesome. hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> And then the last one, uh, if I if 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 I jump into your car, and we we going for a ride, um, you know what, what what you bumping, man? What you listening to? What you, what you got? Um, what you, who 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 you, who you who do you like? So I've got yeah, I've in my drives to Chicago, I've got a lot of windshield time. So <laughs> it's <coughs> audio books, okay. but then you know something you can't listen to an audio book for two straight <laughs> hours. So I'll listen to. Uh, uh, I've got Sirius XM Radio 36 is my go-to station. Okay, okay. Uh, kind of alternative rock. Okay, so, cool, um, cool. I've been getting into that recently. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those. Ladies and gentlemen, um, citizen soldier, public servant, teacher, alderman, Mr. Jonathan Logaman, man, we really appreciate it. We wish you well, and, and uh, thank you for what you do, and thank you for your service, and... Um, Thank you for taking the time to, to spend a little time with us. Here yeah. On 205 yeah. Live, man. And I'll be back. Um, I'll be back in Rockford and back to Auburn. And as my little daughter says, the Knights say charge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the 205 Vibe podcast. If you'd like to comment on the show, 
please call us at 815-490-4117. Leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.